1: Red eyes staring back at me. That they're gonna show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point it kind of converge into this one entity which will be revealed as extraterrestrial, you'll realize that aliens are the gods of old and at that point it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person, I know that.
0: Welcome back to the show, my friends. I am your host, Eric Salaji. If you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured on the show, please get a hold of me at, contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. Please remember to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you can. Please share the show with others. It's the number one thing you can do to help to get uncomfortable showing up in the listeners' recommended feeds. The more people listening mean the more people coming forward with their stories for you each week. In the show notes, you'll find a link to the Uncomfortable Discord server. We've been doing some Friday night live chats in one of the voice channels, and it's been a blast. Hell, tonight's guests were even lurking around in there last Friday. Justin from Cryptids of the Corn was in there, as were many of the regulars. So, feel free to join And I will see you there soon. Lastly, keep your eyes open, because right around the corner, I am going to announce the launch of the Uncomfortable Patreon. I've had a number of you reach out and ask me how you can help support the show. And this will be your opportunity, too. The Uncomfortable Patreon will be the only place that you can access uncomfortable afterthoughts. Afterthoughts is a video companion to the normal broadcast episodes. It is not going to be a video version of that week's interview. More so, it will be in addition to. I don't want to give too much away, but I can tell you, I have not seen another show do this. And I feel it's the best way that I can think of repaying you for your support of the show. Now... With that out of the way, it's time to get to tonight's show. I wanted to bring you something special. Special in a way much like other 20th century charismatic cult leaders, like, say, Charles Manson, Jim Jones, or even David Koresh. and gentlemen, if you will, please give a warm, uncomfortable welcome to self-proclaimed cult leaders, Kyle and Steve. Gentlemen, welcome to Uncomfortable.
2: What's up, Eric? Thanks for having us on, my friend.
3: <laughs> yeah, thank man, you. we're excited to be here. Thank
0: that you. That was thank quite you. the
2: intro. Quite the <laughs> intro.
3: <laughs>
0: well, cult leaders... You are. I mean, uh, the hollow cult is, is something special, man. I've seen it, uh, uh, a couple of weeks now firsthand and you guys, you guys are rocking.
3: We appreciate we that. Yeah. We
2: try. Um, we have our good buddy, Tony Merkel to thank for the old hollow cult. When we were at the dog man conference, he was talking about our listeners and, they're so loyal, it's like a cult, so we just decided to run with it. That's where it came from, huh? Yep, now it's turned awesome. into its own thing.
0: That's awesome. Well, like I said, I've, I've seen it firsthand a um, couple of times that I've popped in your, in your chats during your, uh, uh, your late night uh, videos on YouTube. Man, I, they've just been, they welcomed me with open arms and uh, beyond that, I mean, people are throwing comments at me and uh, just, a, just a great environment to be in. So I encourage everybody, hey, before we even get into it, tell everybody where they can find you and, and I know you guys are busy. You do, your, you do your night shift, you do your regular gig, you guys got jobs and then you're taking an extra night out of your week to be here with me. And uh, I just want to say I really appreciate it.
2: We we appreciate the chance to be here and hanging out with you, Eric. We had a good time having you on our show, and we love to return the favor and help build the community all around. As far as uh, where you can find us, we're on pretty much every podcast platform. Um, YouTube, we post all of our audio from our shows on YouTube. We do night shift every Wednesday at 8 p.m. You can come hang out. It's a live show. We're on all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, the whole nine. Just search up Hollow Sky Podcast, and you will find us. And
0: that is 8 p.m. Central, correct?
2: Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. All right. Still hasn't clicked that I have listeners in other time zones, you know. <laughs> in or, my brain, More other countries, listen to us are like, <laughs> yeah, people listen to us are like in in Illinois. <laughs> I had
0: I had a fantastic experience. Um, two Saturdays ago, I had somebody who has followed me for quite a while and she's reached out a couple of times on Instagram. Um, She's from the UK and she literally, she wanted to talk to me about the things that she's experienced, but she didn't want to be on the show. And how do you say no to that? You know, if you say no to that, then you're only doing this for, content and it never somebody asked me why would you do that and I was like w- well why would you not how do you tell somebody no I mean you you talk about you know being a safe place to talk about things and having an open mind and and all the things that that we we preach and then I'm going to tell somebody no I'm, I'm not, I can't make time for you so you know she <laughs> she got installed Skype on her computer. And on a Saturday afternoon for me, but I think it was, uh, I think it's like six hours difference. Um, we sat and had a two-hour conversation about all the, all the bizarre shit that she's been dealing with her whole life. And, uh, you know, I, I think we've talked about this before. The, the extra aspects that we were not expecting that comes along with doing this and how gratifying it can be to have those kind of interactions with, with the people that listen to you. So.
2: Yeah. It, that, that's a fact. I mean, we have people reach out quite a bit that have experiences that they, they're not comfortable putting them on the show, you know, and it's, you almost get to a point where it's responsibility is not like the word that I want to use, but it's kind of like, I don't have a better word for it. You know, yeah. you're kind of a, a mouthpiece for people that do want to share their experiences but you're also like you said, like a like a safe space for people that just just need somebody to listen to them or need somebody to give an opinion on what they've got going on in their life. It just kind of comes with the territory
3: yeah I, I would I would agree with that absolutely, and it is it is special whenever people reach out to you like that because they're in their vulnerable state when they do that, you know, and as as people who dabble in the paranormal and the unknown uh a that's what you're here for you know you want to hear the weird shit and sometimes that's the weirdest of the bunch you know the ones that are uncomfortable sharing that stuff and then on top of that another way to look at that is uh we're building a community that way you know of trust exactly and then furthermore those stories those lessons go into your overall knowledge of what's out there, right? Because we all do research, you know, me and Steve, it it is one a part of our show, but it's not, it doesn't stop there. You know, every time you talk to somebody, every time you, especially like this, where you can see their face, you can see the the way they react to things. Uh, you just, you learn so much more. It's It's so enlightening to sit down and have conversations like that. Yeah, you know, and I don't. I
0: don't want. I hope she'll. I know she'll hear this, um, and I hope that she doesn't get upset with me for kind of speaking out of turn. But I mean, I think it's important to say. I mean, the woman. She was with her mom when her mom passed, and she saw some some strange things, and she wasn't dealing with it well, and. My perspective of it was you got to see her. You got to you got, she was with other family members too. And they didn't see anything, but she saw it, you know, so she thought she was, you know, kind of losing it. And I, I told her, I said, what if that was just a gift for you? What if that was just for you? And you got to watch the most incredible passing the ascension of your your mom into and you know she broke down started crying and i mean that that's a powerful thing and you know for us to be able to sit there and you know for that to come out of our brains to say that to somebody and and have it be so impactful you know i mean it's a it's a heavy it it's a heavy weight, you know, I don't think people realize that sitting on this side of the microphone that there is a there's a heaviness to what we do, and you know, sure, it sounds like we're having a lot of fun, and for the most part we do we're you know we're talking about things we enjoy talking about, we get to hear some crazy weird stuff, and you know but there there is a weight to what we do and it's nothing I ever expected. I didn't expect two thirds of the stuff that comes along with doing this, you know, at all. You guys you're both shaking your heads. Yeah, I assume you're you're in the same boat. You guys experience that as well. Oh yes.
2: Absolutely. There's always I mean there there always has been and there probably always will be this stigma and this taboo that comes along with paranormal experiences. And I feel like on this side of the microphone, we have to try to ease as much of those insecurities as we can for people because, um, a lot of people like encounters that we have, people, people haven't told anybody, mm-hmm. anybody at all. And let's, they see something in guys like us, guys like you to where, where they've instilled the trust in us that they can talk about this, whether they want it on air or not, that, that, you know, those insecurities kind of go away. And that, that is, that's like, like I said, I don't like using the term responsibility, but it kind of is, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of like, if they don't want us to air it, we're sort of the keepers of these stories.
3: Like yeah. we're almost like a sun eater.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, Kyle, I- I watched uh, Constantine.
3: Awesome movie.
0: And I, I haven't seen it probably since it came out. And I just watched it about three, four, three weeks ago. And when you say kind of like a sin eater, that's kind of like what it is.
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because when, you, when you're in touch with it, when you're in touch with that person's story a part of that story absorbs into you. You know, you, you feel that emotion. Like me and Steve have heard stories that are gut wrenching where you're just like, Oh my Lord. Like I could not imagine dealing with the, this situation. Like I, you know, and sometimes we, we make light of it because of who we are, but at the end of the day, it's never that weight is still there. It's still a part. And then that, like I said earlier, it, it adds to the, to the binder of, of strange in inside each of us, because like you, okay. So we just did, we just did, uh, it's not out yet. It'll come out next week, but we just did an episode on hat man. And so there, there are things in the paranormal world that that register differently with me. Um, some are, some are extremely interesting right off the rip and then some of them fall on the lower echelon. And for me personally, hat man was on the lower echelon until we did this story until I did a bunch of research into Hatman. And there's like what I'm trying to get at is like you learn more about a subject that you were unfamiliar with that you may have brushed off at one part, but now you understand the severity and the possibility of said subject. You know what I mean? Because Hatman was always just more or less a shadow person to me, but now and the research that I'd done and the conversation me and Steve had, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's a lot more than just a shadow person. So when you, when you absorb, you know, when we absorb Eric's story about the witch, we take a part of that with us and we're like, all right, well, <laughs> like uh, it, it, it proves to an extent that dark magic is real. And then you see this sh- shimmer later on in life. And now that, that puzzle piece clicks into place and you're like, well, wait a minute here, yeah. I've seen this before. I've heard this before, right
0: yeah i've I've explained it before as kind of like um you know i'm I'm no savant or anything. I mean, I'm a fairly decently educated guy. Uh, I think I got a pretty good head on my shoulders, but I'm not a a savant of any uh, of any kind you know it's not like I can rattle through numbers and and everything like that <coughs> with with ease but I end up, I feel like I have a bunch of file folders in my head. And when there are specific things that I've heard in multiple different, and they don't even have to be kind of related type stories. They're just things that I've heard over and over and over again. They always go into the file. They go into the file. They go into the file. And, you know, I I have files for, all kinds of stuff in my head where, you know, these, these comparisons and these, these things that continue to make me every day feel that this stuff is so intertwined and so connected that it's,
2: it's just, a uh, it's bizarre. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you use the term heavy earlier, I caught myself using it using that term before and looking into the things that we look into doing the research hearing uh, the personal encounters of people. It does heavy, heavy is the word. And sometimes you just have to like take a break from it all because yeah. not only are you at certain points dealing with your own experiences, but then you have everybody else's experiences that kind of, kind of rely on you and you're looking into all this other weird shit. So it's it heavy is heavy is the word. So,
0: what got you guys what got you interested in wanting to talk to people about about these types of things? I mean, I'm sure you've both had your own experiences that led you down this path. Do you care can we can we get into those?
3: Sure. Steve, you got any you want to
2: share? Um I can, my personal experiences aren't all that wild, but it's, at least until here lately, but it's always seemed to, like, kind of rotate around me, like hover around me. The house I live in now was a house I grew up in, uh, my parents' house. And this story in particular stands out to me. Whenever... um We were young. My dad was an over-the-road truck driver. So my mom pretty much raised us. And um, one day, my mom puts us all to bed. Uh, It's me, my little sister, my little brother. I'm the oldest. And my mom wakes up because her bedroom is full of uh, this bright red light. So much so that she thinks someone has, like, backed up to the house and have their brake lights on. So... She gets up out of bed and goes to check on all of us. She goes into my room. I'm there. I'm out. My little sister's room, she's in there. She's sleeping. She goes to look for my little brother, who was maybe four or five at the time, and he's not in his bed. So she's looking around the house, looking around the house, and we have a laundry room that's connected to the kitchen, and the laundry room leads to the backyard. So the house is full of this light. My mom doesn't know what's going on. She's looking for my little brother, Dylan. And as she finally looks through the laundry room to the back door, she sees Dylan open the back door and open it to go outside. And the the laundry room like fills with this light. And as he steps out the door, she wakes up. So she's writing it off as a dream. But as she woke up, she sees something at the foot of her bed. She said it was a little... She didn't use the term alien. She said, it just looked like a little humanoid figure. And when she sat up and looked at it, it scurried out of the, out of the bedroom. And she's like, at that point I woke up again, almost like a dream within a dream. So she just kind of wrote it off. And, um, we have a neighbor that lives like catty corner from us and her and my mom would always go out and walk around, like walk two miles around town every evening for exercise. So that night after she had that experience, the, the night after, they're out and they're walking. And the neighbor goes, what were you guys doing at your house late, late last night? My mom's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, me and my husband got in a, got in a little tiff. And I went and stayed in one of the boys' rooms that's facing your house. And she's like, at about 3 o'clock, the whole room just lit up with this red light. She's like, so much so that it woke me up. I didn't know what you guys were doing, if you're having a party or whatever. And my mom's like, you're not going to believe this. Fast forward to now, whenever I live here, I have my youngest boy, Maddox, and we were coming home from his mom's house one day, and I'm carrying him inside, In my front yard, I don't, this might not be pertinent at all, but, like, my front yard, in my front yard, we have a little dead-end street, and then it's, it's a cemetery, big cemetery out here, so Maddox is little, probably three, I got him over my shoulder, I'm carrying him in, he's asleep, it's probably eight or nine o'clock. And he just starts losing his mind, just freaking out, freaking out. He needs us to get inside. And he needs us to lock the door. So I get him inside, and I'm talking to him. And he's like, there's, there's green skeletons in the graveyard, Dad. Green skeletons in the graveyard. So I'm like, all right. Writing it off as, a, as a, just a kid having a dream. And then he's like, no, because I had groceries to carry in. He's like, no. He's like, lock the door. Do not open the door. Just absolute mortification. Just terrified. So I get him calmed down. And not too long after that, he, uh, it was probably a couple of weeks. He comes into my bedroom and wakes me up. This is, this is probably two in the morning. And I'm like, all right, buddy, what's wrong? He goes, don't let them take me. I'm like, say what now? He's like, no, he's like, don't, don't let them take me. I'm like, nobody's going to take you, dude. You're here. The doors are locked. Dad's here. You ain't got anything to worry about. And I'm like, who's trying to take you? And he's like, they are. And I'm like, take you where, man? And he's like, they're trying to take me to where the bad Power Rangers are. And I don't know anything about Power Rangers, so I'm still quizzing him. I'm like, dude, where, where are the bad Power Rangers at, buddy? And he goes, on a spaceship. And my blood just ran cold. I'm like, no, I'm not. E.T., if you're trying to mess with my kids, I will fight you. Period. The end. But... <sighs> That, that was one that stood out. We also had um, the woman's that lives catty-corner from us. Their, their neighbors also, or not their neighbors, they are our neighbors, but her children also had kind of a similar experience around the same time regarding weird lights in the sky. They were driving home. Their car died out. And it's just, it's a weird turn of events around this area that kind of just keep happening as far as it happening to me personally Kyle's got more personal stories than I do like prior to the podcast starting
0: what what is it about that area that
2: you're in I mean can you I mean can you put a finger on I have no idea I have no idea when we started the show um because we kind of base it around like listener experiences we had so many people reach out with the weirdest shit from probably a 20-mile radius. Everything from giant thunderbirds in the sky to possible Mothman sightings to all sorts of UFO sightings to, like, ghosts and this and that and the other, and it's just... When you compile it all to a 20-mile diameter around where we live... Like that's an, like I'm sure everybody has their, every town has their stories. But once you start putting them together, you're like, is there something really going on here? Like, what is, what is the deal with the area? Cause it's just in the middle of Illinois. It's like nothing but cornfields and cemeteries for like 60 miles, you know, yeah. but there's just something here. People are seeing something and I, I don't know what it is. Wow. That.
0: <laughs> You know, when you start dealing with a child and they start saying things like that. Now, you know, like my kids, I let them start watching movies that they probably shouldn't have watched too early in life. You know, my son watched The Mothman Prophecies um, till this day at 26 years old. He still hates red brake lights (laughs) when he's driving at night. (laughs) You know, I mean. Yes. I did the best I could to screw him up as, as, as best I could, but you know,
2: fire uh, in the sky was that for me
0: that he, he was probably too young for that as well. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that's disturbing when, you know, when you're, when your child is, you know, completely innocent and hasn't done anything wrong yet and you know hasn't really had any kind of worldly experiences to to manifest thoughts like that um and to exhibit the fear that they're exhibiting that that doesn't bode doesn't seem right doesn't bode well with me
2: no it's a it's a different kind of different kind of fear when something's messing with your child and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like you're you're fighting an enemy you don't know. How long ago was that? <clears throat> he's 13 now. So probably about 10 years ago. And he's it's been pretty chill after that up until recently. After the show had started and we'd started poking into weird shit. He had he had stuff kind of kick up again here when <sighs> Uh, all sorts of hell broke loose but we'll probably get to that <laughs> in a little bit yeah if you want to
0: let's let's circle back to that cuz i'm i'm curious now Kyle what about you my friend
3: oh man i've had a lot um a lot of it happened when i was young which ironically enough probably would have been around the same time frame that steve's mom had her experience because I would have been in third grade. So, I mean, do the math there. I'm 36 now.
0: Now, have you guys been a lifelong friends?
2: Um, since about since, high school. Since, yeah. We, in high school, we, it was, it was weird. We ran in the same circles, but like different areas of the same circles, I guess. And then after high school, we kind of just crossed over and we, we've been buddies ever since been in bands and all kinds of shit.
3: Yeah, it's it's been, it's been cool, man. It's been a long road. Um, I have something that I can give for your UK listener that you were talking about earlier. Um, so me and Steve had a mutual friend who passed way too soon in life. Uh, but the irony to it would be, so they're all, I think, I can't remember if they, I think they were on their way home from work, carload of guys, right? And kind of unclear what happened, but the two dudes in the front seat were like legitimately, they're my best friends. They're my brothers. I mean, I, I virtually live with these guys and I was supposed to be with them, but I ended up not getting that job. Kind of a weird turn of events. But anyways, they're on their way back home and something happens. They end up having a head on with a school bus. And like I said, the two brothers were in the front seat. The oldest brother was driving. He virtually passed damn near on impact. The two guys in the back seat got messed up, broken, I think, broken leg or arm, uh, real bad seatbelt stuff. I mean, they they got messed up. The only one that walked away with no scratch was the younger brother sitting in the front passenger seat. He's the only one, and he did not have a scratch on him. And if you knew his older brother, his older brother would go to war with anyone, anything, anytime for his little brother. He always looked out for his brother, just like he would look out for me and Steve. And for me, that begs the question that makes you wonder: Was that his parting gift? You know, did he did he do his job one last time? You know, that's hard to think about. That's hard for that's you want to talk about heavy and being a sin eater. I mean, that's ninety percent of the time I talk about him, I will start crying to this day. And it's just, I, I I truly believe that. There was a reason why his little brother did not get hurt that day. Wow, and and like you, you talk about that being that woman's special gift. Like though, I I believe wholeheartedly those things happen.
0: Yeah. Have you, and the it, same. Go have ahead. Have you ever expressed that to to the brother? I mean.
3: Yeah. How's he yeah. feel? He agrees with it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He knows. I mean, everybody knew his brother. His brother. Like I said, he would do anything in his power. He he would do anything. (laughs) It, It wouldn't even have to be in his power. He would do anything for you. Did not matter what it was. Did not matter what it was. He was, he was one of the greats, man. He died way, way too early. It's, it was, I don't know. It was a, it was a shattering experience. It was probably one of the hardest times in my life that I've ever been through. Uh, but ironically enough, uh, me and Steve were dabbling with um, going to a really haunted location. And I start asking the world for protection, wanting to learn protection, you know. So We kind of go up and down, up and down. We get invited to a, a spirit convention. We go sit down with a tarot card reader. And I always knew, I mean, I always knew. You know, I, I have a pretty dangerous job and when I would do sketchy things, I know to some people it might sound stupid, but to, you know, I, when I would do sketchy things that I wasn't sure if I would get really hurt or not, I would always close my eyes and be like, Ernie, protect me and get my back today. Like I need you and then I'll go do my job and, you know, I'm still here, but uh, so I always knew I had that layer of protection, right? So I sit down with this tarot card reader, and she's like, "Ask me a question." Uh, my mind went blank, man. It was dead. I had I had nothing. Like literally, I could not think of anything. And she's like, "You got nothing?" And I said, "Nothing, nothing at all." And she's like, "All right, let's just see what the cards have to say." I go, "All right." And so she starts flopping cards down, and it was like one of the first cards. It's like the first. It's like the third or fourth card. I got a card that said, uh, what was that star brother? And she, she looked, she looked me dead in the eyes and goes, he's here. He's here with you. And he, he's protecting you. And dude, I lost it. Yeah. I just started bawling, just lost it in front of, you know, there's tons of people here and I was trying to fight it back. And she's like, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. She's like, you're protected here in this realm and others like he he's got you. And like, for me, like that meant so much, so much, but it is, like I said, it was always, always inside. I always knew it, but boy, she drove it home that day. She drove it home. Confirmation. Yeah. And it was, it was dude. That was, that was probably one of the most powerful moments that in our podcast journey that I've had absolutely insane. Like even so much. So like Steve was there and when I, and we'd kind of been dabbling around that day, you know, and we're talking about what we're going to do, what we're going to see. And uh, right before that, we did a handwriting analysis. We both sat down, did it, you know, but as soon as I sat down in that lady's chair, Steve had this feeling. He's like, he, cause he told me afterwards, he was like, Dude, I had to like I walked away like there was a, there was something inside me that was like this is Kyle's. Like I I got to give him space here. This is for him. Yeah. And he just walked over and did his own thing, you know, and it just it's, just it's weird how the universe answers your questions when you pay attention.
0: Yeah. You know, and it's a shame that there's so many scammers out there. It's it's a shame that People have taken um, taken on the role of being psychic or a medium or uh, you know, profess to know how to read cards or tea leaves or any of these things. And, and you know, a lot of them, if not the majority of them, are all doing it for a buck. You know But when you run into the real deal, you You can feel it through every pore of your body, yeah you know that there is something unreal that's happening, and you don't get that with the <laughs> with the ones that are fishing for information and and just calling out cold calls and uh you know seeing what throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks um, when you run into a real one that is a, it's a gift. It really is. You know, they, we refer to them as having gifts, but they're actually a gift to us.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, you can ask Steve, like this woman, like, like the whole place was full of energy, but like there was like this woman just like radiated energy. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever, like it, it, it was just bizarre. Like I can't explain it. It was, it, And I think that just adds to it. Like, I can't explain the the way, because she paid you no mind. Like, it's not like she stared at you or or was trying to feel you out. No, she just, like, literally, she ignored everybody, did her own thing. Most of the time was sitting there by herself, you know, just kind of hanging out. And you just, there was just this energy that would radiate off of her where you're just like, what in the world? I can't, I can't explain what's going on
0: yeah i've I've had that experience um, late in life uh, with with somebody that had those those types of things and you know they're they're a friend to uh, both me and and you guys have been introduced to her um, and it's uh, <laughs> the other day just a couple of days ago, I was like, okay enough, enough, just (laughs) stop (laughs) because it's not even that it freaks me out anymore. It's just, just stop. (laughs) You know, every day doesn't have to be something. And I, I can't imagine being in, you know, the position that we're in. We talk to these people. Uh, and we hear their stories and we hear weird experiences and we have things that kind of tip our perspective to like, and I never thought about that or, you know, that I can, now I can draw something from that as opposed, to, and, and apply it to something that happened to me. And I never looked at it that way. Um, but I can't imagine what it would be like to have abilities like that and and so many that you talk to they say it's it's not a it's not like you're flipping on a light switch um it's just always there and i, I don't know i you know w- we talk about what we do being heavy i i couldn't imagine you know how how you stay straight doing that
2: we we do this by choice they yeah. don't get a choice yeah yeah, yeah
3: yes uh, you, you say that and she actually approached steve the next day and uh i was out taking a smoke break and she approached steve and and was she tell you steve like she's glad i was the last one of the day
2: yeah yeah because I, I she came up and was talking to me and and i was just just kind of making small talk and i'm like man whatever you and kyle talked about was Powerful, I said. It it had him in a in a different mind frame after that conversation happened. She goes, "I'm glad it was my last of the day because it took everything out of me." Yeah, so it was crazy. She was. She had a different kind of energy there, man. And the whole place it was the Kansas City uh, metaphysical and spirit or spiritual and paranormal convention. It was our first convention we'd ever went to. And the the whole place just had big energy. But this woman was just on another realm, man. Like Kyle said, when he went over there, because he'd kind of been flirting with the idea of doing the tarot thing. And I'm like, well, this is our chance. You know, how, how often are we going to be in a room full of 300 people that are all into the metaphysical, you know? So whatever you want to get done, we better do. And he just kind of gravitated toward her. When he's like, like he said, when he sat down in that chair, because we we'd stuck together, because there weren't very many paranormal guys there, and the ones that were, they just like lumped us in this one row, like it was us and then the Bigfoot guy and the ghost hunter guys, and we were just right right there in that little section, you know, and everybody else was like sound healers and uh, retina readers and all all sorts of stuff that we had never even never even dabbled in, and um, so we stuck together. And as soon as he sat down, something just was like, you need to give these two their space. So I just kind of meandered away and was just looking around, kind of doing my own thing. And then after it was probably, I don't know, 15 minutes, Kyle came up and he was just, just like bawling. But he wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't a sadness. It was just like it was like life altering. Yeah. And I'm like, "What in the world happened over there?" He's <laughs> like, he's like, "You got to do it." He's like, "You got to do it." I'm like, "Man, I don't I don't even like being in my own head. I don't want anybody else in there, you know? Like <laughs> can't deal with that." It was awesome. But it she was she was something different, man. Is that somebody
0: you would consider going back to again? Oh, I I absolutely would. If I ever saw her
3: again, I probably would do it again.
0: I need to get to um, I need to get to, to some conventions uh, dealing with that because quite frankly, the only conventions I've ever gone to have been Bigfoot, and my show isn't just strictly Bigfoot, you know I mean it's it's one of the things, and it's a fairly popular topic that comes up quite a bit um, and I never set out to just do a Bigfoot show, but for some reason the conferences that I go to are cryptid conferences and there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, I think this, this next summer, I think I'm going to have to, um, broaden my, broaden my, um, it's not even broaden my perspective because I already, I'm already into it, but. I don't know why I've shied, shied away from from going to those types of conventions. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of really good ones uh, up in the UP of Michigan that are like two days long, and apparently it's one of the biggest ones in the country is up around uh, Sault Ste. Marie. So I'll have to I'll have to go to a couple of those.
3: It's weird, bro. Like we we've been to Crypticon. Uh, Family dog or visitor, man. dog man, Ooh, yeah. and none of them have compared to that spirit convention that we we went to. And I'm not I'm not saying like one's as uh, worse than the other or anything like that, but like the energy you get inside this place is it's it's honestly it's it overloads you. For people that are not used to it like us, it overloads you. Like yeah. it was. It was crazy. It, you know, like, we would get done with that day, and me and Steve would just go right back to the room and just pass out, just... Yeah. Just being barrage like, with all that energy, and everybody there is so sweet. Such, so many sweet people there.
2: It was. It was... It was a, a different kind of energy, man. And as soon as, soon as you walked in, as soon oh, as you yeah. walked in, you were just like... The whole the whole building just resonated with energy. It was, it was for, for like, like for two blue collar dudes that are in the paranormal. That was just a whole different realm for us. And they, the, um, people that put it on are kind of trying to bridge, bridge the gap in the paranormal and the metaphysical. So that's why they had, we spoke there. They had, uh, Carter Bouchard, the uh, Bigfoot investigator, he spoke there, and they had a bunch of um, psychics and all kinds of stuff there. Like, it was it was a cool setup. Um, I actually, if I remember, I they have some shows coming up this summer at different places in Arkansas, and there's, there's, there's four or five of them. I saw them just post on the Facebook. If I remember, I'll pop it in your Discord. Yeah, please. That way you can check it out, and if there's one close, you can hit it. Yeah. We were trying to. Did they just do one around here, Kyle? St. Charles. Uh, I, I, I don't I heard know. saying that because they were trying to do some kind of more east our way. Yeah, but I don't know if anything came to any fruition. But if I'll if, be mad if, if it was St. Charles, yeah, I, I would have gone to, go. to it. <laughs> if any of your listeners like, you have a chance to check it out, definitely check it out. I
3: would for sure.
2: Yeah, I had
0: uh I had a couple of. Uh, couple of experiences. Um, I was on a, uh, a friend of mine took me out for my birthday, uh, shortly after my divorce and we were in a beach town. And as we were coming back from the beach, we walked past and there was a shingle hanging, literally a shingle that was, you know, psychic greetings and they were open. So she looked at me, and she said, oh, I'm going to buy you this for your birthday. And we walked up the stairs and knocked on the door and there was a little peephole in the door. And you could see the light got blocked out, but they wouldn't open the door. And, you know, it, it said it was open. Um. And uh, we knocked on the door again, and again, the light blocked out through the peephole and just never would answer the door. And I'm like, well, that, that sucks, you know? And uh, then it was a little while later, I was with a group of people, and we had gone up to uh, some kind of a... It was an outdoor festival, you know, arts and crafts, and and they had a a section of um, psychics and mediums in there, and uh, me and another lady that were in, in the same group, we walked up to another table, and the woman looked up at me, and she looked at the girl, and she goes, I'll read you, but I'm not reading you. And I was like... Why, <laughs> you know I mean? okay. I get it, but at least tell me why, you know, cause now I've had two experiences. The one wouldn't even open the door. And then this one's like, um, and she wouldn't, she wouldn't say anything. She just wouldn't tell me anything. And it wasn't until I started doing this show and Karen Tatro from the East coast, um, Christina rake, the archbishop from Chicago. Um, And then uh, J.J. Rose, you know, I had readings with all three of them, and all three of them told me the same goddamn thing, <laughs> you know? It, it was amazing how there was one, one figure in particular that all three of them described, and, you know, I don't know, maybe... <laughs> maybe this is one of the things that anybody who wants to be a psychic you know they're like okay no matter who you talk to no matter what you say you always have to bring up this one person that looks like this and has blue eyes and you know and then that's that way i don't i don't think that's the case but um they all describe the same figure and i think i talked about it on your show um as far as it being a guardian angel and it's bizarre
2: it's bizarre, especially when you have multiple people hammer that home. Yeah. Different people. That's, it's got. I mean, there's got to be something there, man. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah, and there were some very distinctive features about it, and and there was music that accompanied this person as they came into the presence of you know the people that were reading them, and I just talked about this fairly recently, and somebody said you realize that. uh, Lucifer's was, you know, he he had music. He he exuded music. And I was like, Well, that's not cool. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't like that. <laughs> but um I don't think I don't think they they would have recognized him as being a, a guardian angel if it was in fact uh the devil. So So when did it kick in for you guys that you were going to, I guess, let me rephrase that. How did it kick in? Was it just, uh, hey, man, it'd be really cool to sit down and talk to people about crazy stories? Or was it more of that you guys had experiences in your lives and you wanted to talk to people that didn't make you feel like they were rolling their eyes at you when you talked about your stuff, too?
2: Well, it's interesting because me and Kyle both have always been into weird stuff since, since we were little. Whether it's written Bigfoot books out of the library, Loch Ness Monster books, whatever. Or if it's watching Unsolved Mysteries, watching the X-Files growing up in search of all that. But Whenever we started hanging out, no matter what we were doing, it would always end up in us talking about weird stuff just, it just didn't matter. And it got to the point, like he would come over to my apartment and we would stay up and we'd listen to Art bell, listen to people call in, like, like how awesome is it to have a platform where people come to you to talk about weird stuff. And yeah, I used to be a merchandiser for Pepsi and I'd be in, be in the local Walmart stacking soda and Kyle without fail, Kyle would come in and we would stand there for like three hours just talking about weird shit nonstop. Finally, I think it was either Kyle's wife or Kyle kicked out the idea and they're like, why don't you guys start a podcast? Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you, you know, they're, they're kind of taking off. Why don't you do a podcast? Get people to call in and talk about weird stuff. We kind of sat on the idea a little bit and kicked it around and kept talking about weird stuff between us. And then one day Kyle just pulled the trigger on it. He's like, Hey, got us a mixer and some microphones. I guess we're going to do this. I'm like, all right, let's go, see what happens. <laughs> and then it just kind of evolved from there. Like for for the first while, it seemed like, man, it seemed like the only people that were listening was like Kyle's old lady and my mom, you know, <laughs> but once, then it started like compounding and compounding and the community started building and you had more people. You start recognizing names, like, on your Facebook and recognizing names in your Discord. And then it, expound, it compounds again, and it just keeps stacking. And it just, it's grown into this, it's its, it's own beast at this point. And it's just it's basically because me and Kyle like to talk about weird shit. Yeah. We just, we're looking for other people to talk about weird stuff with, I guess.
0: <laughs> when did it, wh- what was your break? You know, cause I mean, anybody that starts a, you know, I take that back, not anybody, but if you come, if you don't come from a background of already being on a show or having some sort of celebrity or personality in, in radio or something like that, um, to start a podcast, you know, my, my first month I had 30 listens, you know, and 10 of those were probably me. Listening to myself, trying to critique, you know, what can I do better? What did I do right? What did I do wrong? You know, should I have done this? Should I have done that? Uh, Family, my kids, um, and a couple of close friends that probably, when they pushed play, started rolling their eyes the the minute I started talking. Um, You know, and it was an uphill battle for. A year you know i mean it, i saw growth every month which i still look back and you know i'm like i'm proud of that because that was me that was that was you know whatever whether it was facebook or whether it was instagram or whether it was you know how good the show was or you know i saw i saw steady growth but it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't leaps and bounds and it wasn't until um you know getting getting on the confessionals with tony that i got out in front of a a much larger audience and a lot of them came to me and stayed you know and that's i i told them i said you know that was a That was a hell of a nice thing that you did. You know, and I understand that that was content for him. And I I understand that whole thing. But I said, you know, that was was a huge solid. And I'm never going to be able to repay that to you. But I said, the thing I can do is I'll continue to pay that forward. You know, when there's good people trying to do good things. And if I can help them. In this genre, you know I'll do my best, and that's that's the best I can do is just pay it forward to to other people um what What was your guy's
2: break um same tony show was it yeah, yeah. yep we uh actually interestingly enough, we'll be starting our fourth year. March 12th, we released our first episode March 12th, 2019. Congratulations. And to kind of compound on what you're saying, our first two years solid, and we probably didn't miss a, we probably didn't miss a three episodes a week. We had s- about 70,000 downloads total the first two years. Wow. Then we went on Tony's show, and we've had over a million and a quarter downloads the fall since being on his show. Something, some, we just kind of resonated with some of his listeners and like, like you said, they stuck around and it just built onto itself. Yeah. And we kind of stand, we kind of have the same stance as you. Like we know, we know we'll never like be able to do that for Tony because he's, he's massive, you know? Yeah. He's, he's one of the the big dogs in the paranormal media world right now. But we kind of, we kind of hold the same, the same thought pattern that you do. If we can, if we can help put people on, help, help get ears to people. Like there's 7 billion people in the world. There's enough listening to go around for everybody. So if you can put it out there and, you know, help, help other people that are passionate about it out, that's, that's the least we could do. But it was, it was going, when we broke, when we were messing around with the Egress Industries thing and we went on Tony's show, that, that experience just resonated with everyone and, People were all about it and it just went, <laughs> leaps yeah. and it's, it's interesting because like we went on Tony's show and coming off a of Tony's show, we saw so much growth, but we also went not, not too much long after that. We went on Sam Tripoli's show, which is massive and it just did not connect with his audience at all. Like our, we didn't see very much growth at all. Wow. But some for some reason, anytime we we get together with Tony, like even just when we went to the Dogman conference to go go and hang out with him, he was just doing live podcast stuff. So we just sat in and just shot the shit. We didn't even talk about anything. Even just being on his show, his crowd just eats it up, man, and just it just shoots us. It's he's got he's got a very awesome listener base. Yeah. And I know that a lot of ours is carried over. And kind of helped build the old hollow cult. So that was definitely, definitely what's what shot it off was going on Tony's.
3: Yeah. And if it wasn't for our listener base, we never would have even been on Tony's show.
2: Yeah, that's true. Cause um, our
3: listener base started spamming <clears throat> emailing him. We didn't ask him to nothing. Really? They just started hammering him and that's what caught his attention. And then he messaged me on Instagram.
2: No kidding. Yeah, yep. and I'm, and again, that was good that you popped in there. I wasn't selling any of our our OG listeners short, but as far as like actually going leaps and bounds, it was being on his show. Isn't that cool to, to have
0: pro- have that kind of, uh, um, I, I guess you consider it a a support group. You know that that is so so earnestly behind you and what you're doing that they go yeah, out, they're putting un, un, unasked, you know, unprompted
2: to putting in the leg work for you, man. And incredible. I mean, the same holds true for you. Like we had, we had a man approach us on at the Dogman festival yeah. and he's, he's like, if you listen uncomfortable, I'm like, no, I don't think I have. He's like, you gotta check this out. You gotta check this out, man. And, Wasn't too long after that I started tuning into your show and that's when I left the uh review on Apple. I'm like, man, we should we should link up. Yeah. Digging it.
0: (laughs) He actually reached out to me. He actually reached out to me and he sent me a photograph at that conference where it was him, I believe both of you, and I think Tony was in the background.
2: Yep. I remember it.
0: Yeah. And he's like just just so you know, I'm not pulling your leg. You know, it was me. And I was like, I'll be damn. man!" Said, yeah. that was awesome of you to reach out and show
2: me that. I appreciated that. It's such a cool community. Like I can't stress that enough. The people that I have met through this and the listeners I've met and the listeners we interact with and the other hosts we interact with, like everybody is so cool. Everybody's so down to earth and legit. Like, It's, it's refreshing, you know, every, the world's so fucked up now anyway, to meet like genuinely good people that have, have good intentions is, is like, I needed that. I still do need that, you know? So having, having this is just a breath of fresh air. It's so like, like I said, so much more fulfilling than I ever thought it would be whenever Kyle's like, Hey, I bought a mixer and two microphones. Let's, let's do this. I would never ever have thought that we we would have this community of support surrounding us and meeting yeah. all all so many cool people just across the board.
3: Well, and to to tee off on that, like the other day, uh, Tony had some downtime and he's like, "Well, you Kyle? Why don't you why don't you give me a call?" And so I was like, "All right, whatever. I got some questions for you, anyways." So I call him. We we're chatting it up a little bit and. uh we get to talking about listener bases and stuff. And once again he reiterates on because he did it first with the dog man. And he's just he Tony's blown away, which blows me away. It's a huge compliment for us. But he's just like, I I can't wrap my brain around how culty your fan base is because he's like, Your fan base rides and dies for you guys. And I'm like, Yeah, I know. Like it's <laughs> it's awesome, dude. It's awesome. And he's like <laughs> he's like, It's so crazy, dude, because like your guy's discord is annoying. He's like, I have to shut off all notifications on everything that I have because your discord is is always just catching fire. and I'm like, I know, like we we groomed it into this uh like ecosystem where it just maintains itself now, because I'm so busy anymore with like editing and and building things or doing whatever, researching, family, all that stuff. That I'll try to jump back into Discord and start talking with people, but the conversation, like, That's I always I, I always just look for an yeah, I always just look for an opening, right? Like something where I can respond to somebody or do this. Like I'm not the dude that just drops in and goes, "Hey guys, I'm here." talk to me, you know, I always just try to like integrate myself in the conversation, but it moves so fast where I'm just like, gosh, this is so hard to keep up with, but it's great. You know, it's great. And like, I, I just am forever appreciative of everybody that, you know, has our back because I think that low key, like <laughs> in some of our recent experiences, I think they've kind of, Help ward off some of the things that we've gone through because we asked them for help, and like our Discord is is crazy, man. Like they are the sweetest people you'll ever meet, but if you come in there being dumb, they'll eat you alive. Yeah, <laughs> they will, and, and they that don't want to be this. that way. So don't don't think that like you're you're gonna say something and offend people. Like you got to be absolutely ridiculous when you go in there, but. They stand their ground, you know, and and I appreciate that. And they they ride and die for us. They they, I mean, I could go in there right now and you name it. I could ask, I could, I could ask, I could just go, hey, how do I make blueberry muffins? And I'd have like ten people go, here's how you make blueberry muffins. Like it's it's awesome, man. It really is. It's it's amazing.
0: Well, you know, I just started my
3: Discord um, January
0: beginning of January I think it was January 1st um so you know I'm at about 100 people right now and that is shocked me I'm, I'm I'm surprised by that um you know we've we've done a couple of Friday night just live chats just not having anything going on so I jump in a voice channel, and the night you guys popped in, I think we had, like, 24 people. 16 were in there for a, a good, solid chunk, but there were some that came in and out. It's, it's such a weird thing to be able to talk to people that you don't know, you haven't met in a real person, that you're looking at an avatar and a little, a little square that flashes every time they talk. And be able to have the connections that you do with those people. It's such a, it's a, I don't know. I I don't know why it seems like that, that breaks barriers that maybe you, you know, in person you would not, you would not make that effort or you would not take that time. Or maybe on their end, they wouldn't. They wouldn't make the attempt to contact you or or have a con- conversation with you, but it it's amazing. It really is. I can't imagine. You know, it's like I said, it's coming up on just being two months old. I can't imagine what it's going to be like in a year.
2: Yeah, it's it's a an awesome media platform to it be really able to is. connect with people, and just to let it like it just it just builds itself. Like it's it's awesome because it kind of even moderates itself. Like you once you join in, everybody's like, Oh, well, welcoming and everything. And they're like, there's only one rule. Like you don't have to think what we think. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. And it's, it's so surreal is really the only word I can put into it. You know, like having all these people, like you said, that you've never met, that you've never been around, that you've never interacted with all kind of in the same space with with different backgrounds different thought processes different beliefs and they're all in there they're all getting along they don't have to agree but they're getting along and it's it's just I just I keep using the word refreshing but it, it is like you go on any other media platforms like Facebook or any of that other trash and it's just everybody at each other's throats but then you go to the discord it's horrible. and it, yeah it's so you have so many different people from so many different walks of life just kicking it you know just being civil with one another like the only rule that they have in the discord is don't be a dick Yep, it's easy it's easy if you can't handle that you should probably go somewhere else you know <laughs> like
0: yeah and you know again with in the first month i had the one that just couldn't just couldn't manage it just couldn't just couldn't play right you know and that was it was i don't know but out of out of all the rest of them couldn't ask for anything better it's an amazing experience you know and my kid tells me about it he's always talking about discord this discord that you know and he's a gamer and all of his buddies are in one and i was like somebody suggested to me you need to start a discord and i'm like what the hell is a discord i'm 57 years old you know i'm into tech stuff don't get me wrong i, I keep up on technology and stuff but what the fuck is discord i have no idea and then uh you know my son shows me the one that he's got with his buddies and i was like well that's kind of cool and i said do it just start it and you know he's sitting on his phone and then like five minutes he says all right it's ready (laughs) and i'm like that's it (laughs) you know um it's awesome and for the the least amount of effort that it takes to put one of those together the value that it has is is amazing
2: it is a great tool it's such a great tool and we've never we've never even dabbled in the voice chat like i i kept thinking about that when i was sitting in on your on your chat, mm-hmm. my, like I said, my phone's a piece of trash, so my microphone doesn't work. So, I was just lurking, you know, just listening. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's it's awesome. It's an awesome piece of tech to connect with people.
0: Yeah, it really is. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, I, I hope people don't get too uh, too used to me spending three hours in there. Because at some point, I'm not going to be able to. But you know on a night when you don't have anything going on and you can sit there for three hours and and shoot the shit about you know we did i i actually recorded a show that night um probably an hour worth of people talking about their experiences and and then we just you know from one thing to the next and eventually it turned into you know talking about east palestine and the um, the chemicals and you know the weird shit in the sky and what we're shooting down but we can't find and you know all the other things that are going on in the world that seems to be making us look one way when my gut tells me we should be looking somewhere else, but I don't
2: know where that is and it is very convenient that all the distractions happened to like within the same week yeah. And I don't, I don't even <laughs> buy, I don't
0: even buy the, you know, oh, it's because they don't want you to look at the, the Epstein papers that were released or they, they don't want you to look at this or they don't want you to look at that. I don't, I don't think it's that. I think it's, I think it's bigger. I think it's way bigger and it's much deeper than, oh, yeah. than those things.
2: If they didn't, if they didn't want us to see the, like, cause they released the WikiLeaks too. Like if they didn't want us to see this shit, we wouldn't,
1: wouldn't see be it. seeing
2: it. That's right. We wouldn't see it. This is just talking points and distractions for everybody to not dig deeper, you know, because they're all hot button issues, shooting down UFOs, the, the train environmental disaster, the flight list, the WikiLeaks, like they're all hot button talking points for everybody. And when you give people those things to, to brood on and to talk about nobody, they just hyper-focus on that. And like you said, the, the real, I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's some real shit way yeah. way beyond that.
0: I, my gut tells me it's it's much deeper than that and and it's much bigger. And
1: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then
0: Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. I got a feeling we're going to find out what it is, and it's not going to be because of us it's not going to be somebody just found it out it's it's going to it's going to come out and it's going to smack us right in the face and that scares me because yeah. the one thing that i keep going back to is the tensions that are are being created between russia and china and us and um that's my biggest fear because I don't think there's any coming back from that. The world will never be the Which same.
2: Just escalates a little bit more every day too. Yeah. You know, it, just it keeps what was tiptoeing.
0: It, it was, it, it was just not even a week ago that our, uh, our jets flew within 500 feet of, of one of the Chinese jets. And, yep. you know, so all it's going to take yeah, is, all is, all all it's going to take is one person that, you know, maybe he woke up with, Having a second bowl of Wheaties or or what, and he's going to push back. You know, it could be something as simple as you know, a pilot in one plane flipping a pilot off in the other plane. You know, close enough where he can see the finger pop up, and and, and we're going to have an issue.
2: You ever uh, read the novel *Alas Babylon*? You know, the, I,
0: I have. My doctor said that I have uh, like late onset um, ADHD. And reading, reading for me is horrible because I'll read a page and I'll get halfway through it. And then I start thinking about, oh, I haven't talked to Bob for a while. I wonder what Bob's doing. (laughs) Ah, shit, I forgot to write the grocery list. Man, did I put, did I pay the bills? You know, the next thing I know, I'm like, damn, I got to start back at the top again. And it's just, it's so much. I wish, man, I think of all the things that I could change in my life, if I could change to make myself... Just be a normal reader. You know, my kids enjoy reading. Everybody I know enjoys reading. And for me, it's just a, it's just such a pain in the ass. So, no, I, <laughs> I haven't read it. Uh, and I feel bad about myself because I don't.
2: <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I had to read it in my honors English class. So that's why I read it. <laughs> but it's about a nuclear war and the fallout afterwards. But it started... I can't remember the two countries, what the tensions were, but two fighter pilots were, were just just dogging each other, just dogging each other, and they just kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. Finally, one of them launched a heat-seeking missile, missed the plane, hit a passenger train, killed hundreds of people, and that set it off. That was, that was the, the catalyst that hit the red button. And that's what started everything. And you hear these tensions about them them flying close to one another, and you're like, "Holy shit, man! It yeah. might be one of those one of those things where you're looking back like, did this book predict the end of the world? You know? Yeah. It's scary. It's it's a, it's a heavy time out here now.
0: Man, I was not expecting to uh, to jump into this and and be so heavy, but we. <laughs> I I set the tone early, and we just have not not been able to deviate from it. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. That no, was, it's good. That was That's not w- my. We're here uh, for it. That was not my intent. Um, we, quickly, what do you guys think about the? Uh, you know, because when they start talking about the shooting the stuff down out of the sky, you know, the balloon was a balloon. Obviously, we had pictures of it. We had pictures of the SEAL team pulling it out of the water, you know. We had pictures of the the support vessel that was behind them, but you know, then they then they splash three more. You would think by now there would be, and apparently there are videos, you know, whether they're their cell phone video, so whether or not they're real, who knows. Um, but, you know, the, the thing that came back to me so quickly is one was the initial verbiage that they were using on the news, talking about them being unidentified objects in the sky. You know, it's like all of a sudden now, all of a sudden now we're taking it serious. Now we're talking about literally unidentified objects in our sky getting shot down. And that was that was kind of mind blowing for me. For, you know, 50, 56 years of my life of them saying that this stuff isn't real. And then to expect us to believe that there's nothing that can be recovered. No recovery whatsoever. Doesn't make any sense at all. You know, no, I'm not saying that what was in the sky was alien craft. But there was something there, you know, and then they, then they come out with, it could have been a hobbyist club, a a (laughs) balloon hobbyist club.
2: They always go back for the balloons, don't they? And then I'm like,
0: then I'm going like, you know, Roswell, it's like, so arguably the, the world power military back in, when in 40, what was it? 46 or 47 when the Roswell thing happened. And they immediately turn around and, you know, a flying saucer crash landed out in the desert. And then the next day, it's like, oh, nope, we made a mistake. It was just a weather balloon. The world power military out of all the world, biggest, baddest military in the world. They made a mistake like that?
2: (laughs) Come on! It's, it's almost like they're ribbing us, man. Like, hey, we used this this whole balloon thing eighty years ago. Let's see if we can do it again. Let's see <laughs> if they'll got, buy it again. We
0: got seventy six years out of it. Yeah. We can get another.
2: See if they'll buy it again. See if the see if Johnny Q Public will just jump aboard that train. My question is, my brain goes a lot of different places here. With the with the actual balloon, the China balloon, the spy balloon, like. That's concerning that that made it all the way across the country. Nobody did anything about it And it. I mean, even if it was just taking surveillance, like the fact that they just let that happen is off the rails to me because that, that thing could have been carrying any kind of payload. Could have been a deployment balloon at all. Could have, could have been an EM, EMP. could have dropped that over a city. You know, it could, it could have been something bad, you know, could have had, could have had a, some sort of like, I don't know, biological weapon in it or some shit, exactly. you know? And they just let it fly until it crossed the entire damn country. And they're like, you know what? I think we'll drop it now. And on the flip side of that, these other things. So you hear, you've been hearing like that this is not something new. Like they know that these things have been in our airspace. We've got military videos, the Tic Tacs and shit. What in the last week or the week when they started engaging them changed to where they decided to engage with these things and shoot them down? What like what what changed that call is what I'm wondering. And the fact that they say they can't find anything is just horseshit, period. Well, I would agree with that. Pardon my French,
3: but and I, I don't even know that I would bank too much on surveillance because I recall listening to Rogan and he had Mike Baker on a, a CIA guy and he was talking about the same path. And this is way unrelated because this episode came out way before the balloons, but the same rough path that um, the balloon followed and a lot of, the, in that part of the country, there's a lot of like ICBMs and stuff like that, yeah. you know, And he's like, the crazy thing is, is that a lot of the radio towers and stuff out there, um, all these communication devices are chock full. And they know, they know they're chock full of China-made products. And they all have back doors so China can get into these systems and monitor communications and, and probably do a whole lot more with with these back doors that they have in there so
0: so yeah maybe what if that thing thing was flying across doing a firmware update on all these towers there you go yeah yep
3: yeah it could have been it could have been anything you know and i don't know steve brings up a great point you know what what changed where they were like no we're not going to shoot them down but now all of a sudden they're gonna they're gonna take them out three
2: of them in a week
3: yeah they're just gonna hammer them because when I remember them reporting and I don't remember which one it was they shot down, uh, but they said they think they know where it came from, but they weren't going to, they weren't going to call it out. Right. And I heard theories out there <clears throat> from a, more of a political podcast. Maybe I can't remember which one I was listening to, but they were like, well, they don't want to directly call out said country because then said country has to respond you know it's kind of like putting them in the hot seat so to speak and so to alleviate tension they were just going to like leave it on the backboard like yeah we're not going to say where it's from we know we might know where it's from but we're not going to say but then you look at china and russia they obviously have some interesting tech cuz apparently china's the first one with hypersonic missiles yeah so that that says they're advanced in some fields you know like superior in some fields I wouldn't doubt that we have them as well, but, you know, they're kind of parading it around like, Hey, (laughs) and then they, and then all of a sudden Russia gets the tech, you know, now Russia's got hypersonic missiles and they're saying those missiles are so fast that our missile defense systems can't pick them up. Wouldn't even stand a chance.
2: Yeah. It's just, and I mean, not to, just to kind of circle back, the the verbiage that they used was so weird. Like they had to know that it was gonna fly off the charts when they started using terms like unidentifiable and object and just just no visible they, form they of propulsion.
0: Yeah, yeah that's a yeah, big one right I, there.
2: Like like that that shit that they put out. And I'm not I'm not saying. And then they released the the pilots that engaged the one over Alaska. That it was it was manipulating their radar, yeah, like fucking with their radar, like what?
0: And then you have the, and the senator, fact that
2: they released it.
0: Then you have the senator released that that's to the presses. The senator that <laughs> having, having the interview where he walks away and he says, "Lock your lock your doors tonight."
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. What, uh, yeah, that makes you think John, some red
3: don sh- red don shit's John Kennedy, about to go down. Yeah,
2: yeah. Senator Kennedy was like. The very last thing he said to the press was, just lock your doors tonight. Like, what? You're supposed to be out here like alleviating people's fears, not mongering people's <laughs> fears. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. The verbiage was weird. The whole way they went about it was weird. The fact that they have no evidence of it happening outside of these, these pilot encounters is even more weird. Like, you're going to tell me, oh, it's it's too icy for us to retrieve the the debris, this, that, you know, I'm like, get out of here, get out of here.
0: You know, and so I mean, if 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 we've got our eyes on these things for so long, you know that these things did multiple flybys. You know that they've got them on radar. You know that they've got them on uh, FLIR, forward-looking inter- infrared. You know they've got pictures of it. They've got video of it. Um, so even if there is, which I don't believe, no wreckage to recover. You know that you know that it's there. You know, they know what the hell it was. And I just, you know, I, I don't like to be that guy that is like, oh, I don't trust the government. But, God damn it, I don't trust the government. <laughs> you know, I don't. I couldn't have, couldn't have said that better myself. Period. The know? end. <laughs> I, it, conspiracy theories, I think, are phenomenal. I love them. There's some that are so interesting that you can just really wrap your teeth around and you know, just dig in, but I don't ever talk about them on my show because if, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong with what I say, my thoughts on it are, and there's, you know, you know, this as well as I do being in a position that we're in, somebody's going to hear that and they're going to be like, he's right. You know, and then you just start, you start compiling these, these people that are listening to you and and your opinion of it and I don't have any information on that it's just a gut feeling you know and all it's doing is creating fear or creating misinformation and it's not helping the matters I I enjoy listening to them and they pose a lot of good questions you know and you know like Kennedy's assassination 100% that is a conspiracy theory Oh yeah, it's a conspiracy, not a theory. You know, there was definitely <laughs> yeah. something not conspiracy right with fact. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know these these other ones. Yeah, I mean, I don't have enough information that I could speak. I can speak intelligently, but I can't speak intelligently about it in in a responsible way. That's yeah. why I, I just I, I i won't i won't discuss those on my show because I'm, I'm not helping. What kind of
2: We're kinda in the same boat. We usually shy away from like modern Certain ones. Yeah, modern ones. Certain ones. We'll we'll dive into some of the some of the older ones, you know. Yeah, it's hard for me.
3: It's hard for me because I love conspiracies. I really do. Like it's one of my
2: favorite things ever. They're such a hot button, like especially ones now are such so the couple of the topics. Like you can't you can't even mention it without people just warring with each other, you know? Yeah. And and for,
3: for a guy like me, that's sad because I don't play, I don't play favorites to anybody's side. I I hate putting myself in any type of box. I just look at it like almost like playing chess, right? Like it's a, it's a way for me to flex my brain and try to see the pattern and put puzzle pieces because like, it's funny to me, it's funny how people, they would call you a conspiracy theorist like it is, like it's degrading or something like that. But let's face it, like, a conspiracy is simple, right? It, do, it Like, everybody thinks a conspiracy is a, a mass overplay of the government, like this big charade or, or whatnot. But a conspiracy, it's just me and Steve sitting there and conspiring to do literally anything that's a conspiracy, right? We're, we're, we're making, we're coming up with a plan to do something. And most of the time that's a nefarious thing, right? It's not, you know, we're not conspiring to give the poor free meals. (laughs) Right. So it's just like, it doesn't take much for a conspiracy to, have the elements to move forward. It's just because, and and I think conspiracies are to be a hundred percent honest with you. I know it's going to sound terrible, but I feel like conspiracy, the idea behind a conspiracy, the motive behind the conspiracy is human nature. Right. And what I mean by that is when you have people that have, unlimited amounts of power they are They people are greedy, man. People always want more. Yeah. Like most people aren't happy with what they have. They always want more and more and more and more and more. And you know, not to dive too much into this or that, but like if you have a business that makes a hundred thousand dollars a year and then because of whatever disaster they make $5 million this year. Do you think for a fucking second they're going to be okay with going back to the $100,000 a year or 1 million, whatever I said, right? Yeah. No, they're going to do everything in their power to make $5 million again. Yeah. And I, I just feel like conspiracy always derives from most of the time derives from human greed in almost every case can't argue
2: with that we're at a weird point in human history i think yeah media we're all connected you know and there you the facets of information is so blurred and gray across the board you don't know if the information you're getting is true you don't know if it's a lie you don't know if it's fact you don't know if it's false but you have people that consume it and hold it as absolute fact. And people that will live and die and fight on those hills, that the information that they found is the 100 only percent truth, whether it be it or not. And that, that breeds a weird culture, man. It's, it's a very volatile culture. <laughs> you know, and
0: what I think a lot of people don't realize, I, I don't know how old you guys are. Like I said, I'm 57. I cannot remember in recent past. I cannot remember the last time I turned on some kind of a news program and heard actual journalism. It same. is, it, it it's, everything that comes out is, you know, you probably have the same thing with your local news, you know, you don't have the weather anymore now it's storm team 16 you know they're always looking for that that thing to to ramp it up to make it sound like oh my god this is this is, this is something you know and, and it's like it's it's weather most days it's just weather you know but it's got to be storm team and it's got to be this and you know, that's, that's get just, them clicks, man. That's just the Gotta weather, get them man. you know, and the way things are, the way things are presented to us, you know, and even the, um, even the, the anchors now they have such a, there's, there's like such a, I don't know if it, I want to say desperation or, uh, um, a tone to them that everything that's coming out of their mouth is like earth shattering, You know, it's 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 revelationary, revolutionary in whatever they're saying. Um, You know, and, you know, I I talked to somebody about, you know, body cams for uh, the police departments. Body cams seem like a pretty good idea, right? Keeps everybody keeps everybody honest, keeps everybody safe. Um, There's a there's a good, accurate record of what happens. But then you have something that goes sideways. Right. You have this this guy takes off and he gets he gets chased down and killed in somebody's front yard. And it's on video. And, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, we would have heard about this altercation where, you know, somebody ended up getting shot after running from the police. But now we've got it on video. This like the same day. It's almost like these things were created to get those kind of impactful moments on TV so we can absorb it so it can separate us and divide us even more quickly than ever before. Because now you're going to see you're going to see a cop chasing a black guy and he kills the black, the bad, the bad guy who happens to be black. And it looks like that guy didn't have a didn't stand a chance. He could have used the taser, but he didn't. He shot him in the back of the head. Now you got, you got people that are team black guy who got killed. You got people who are team cop who support them. And all it's doing is just creating teams and just shoving a wedge between us. You know. And, and it seems like it's with every story you hear. It is creating, you know, it, it, it's like our, our political system. You know, I've never seen anything like how, how these people will die on a hill for these people that they want to be president.
2: I've never seen that. Yep. 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 And I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you think the guy that's running in whatever political office, whatever political side that you have, if you think that dude, your guy, is not playing on the same team as the dude on the other side that you absolutely despise, you need to reevaluate yep. and rethink and relearn as to how this system works. Because as Vision soon as the, the cameras are off
0: and the door closes, <laughs> they're high-fiving each other across that aisle that they're always talking about that nobody wants to cross.
2: Yep. Yep. You yeah. are sadly yeah. mistaken. Man, I think one is a political savior. There is no political savior. No. I'm sorry to break it to you.
3: No, I think I think my overall message for all this conversation is don't buy the hype. And,
2: yeah. and I think and that, that's the that that biggest problem.
3: No, that goes across the board, man. Like I've talked to a lot of different walks of life, man. And I'm a pretty simple person. I don't I don't I don't give a shit what you look like. I don't give a shit what you do as long as you ain't hurting nobody and you're cool, I have no problem with you. So I've talked to a lot of different people, and I think the general consensus is if you if you peel yourself away from media and you, you peel away from the hype, I don't think it's as bad out there as what everybody says it is. I think people just get caught up in the day-to-day bullshit, like you were saying, about the news, and then it gets their emotions high, and then they walk out of the world with this these stupid fucking lenses on that makes them think that their neighbor is an asshole because he's, he's got blue sneakers on instead of red sneakers or whatever the fuck. And it's just, like you said, it's done on purpose. So we are, we're always at each other's throats when all reality dude across the street doesn't give a shit either. And if we just all start to realize that that like, it's okay for me to walk out of my house and be like, Hey, what's up,
2: buddy? It's all good. And, Media is programmed us this way. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like we, we, I don't know if it's just a strictly American thing or if it's across the world, but we have been programmed to eat tragedy and disaster like snacks. As soon as they put it out, we're on it. Yeah, We're on it. I mean, just in my lifetime alone, I watched them kill and burn Waco to the ground I watched the Columbine Massacre take place. I watched planes hitting the World Trade Center in my sophomore study hall. Uh, you got Sandy Hook, you got Parkland. Like all of these things were virtually live streamed to us via media outlets. Like we were programmed to just consume this these traumatic events over and over and over and over again like as soon as you see it it's like oh better click on this see what the fuck's happening today you know and it just breeds fear it breeds dissonance it breeds disconnect and it just it's it's just a catalyst for us as a whole to just be against everybody else it's just such a it's exhausting
0: and then you introduce a platform like Facebook that oh, turns into everybody that turns into this incredible thing that people find their voice. And then they think that their voice is worth hearing. So they start, they start spewing their, their rhetoric. And you have these, these people who become warriors behind these keyboards. You know, when you see them in, in person, if you were walking down an alley, And they saw you, they'd turn around and they'd run crying like a little girl, but behind a keyboard, you know, they say some, some heinous shit. And I think like with the development of, of things like, you know, MySpace and then Facebook and, and these other social media outlets where people can just throw their two cents out there, whether they're educated or not, whether they're right or wrong and, people buy into it and they read it and they, they, then they, they start, you know, it's like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to get my two cents in and all that's, all that's doing is creating an entire generation generations now of people who think that what they have to say, whether they're educated or not, whether they've looked into anything or not, you know, that they can just, they can say whatever the hell they want and then they can dip and there's no repercussions it, that it's, it's training us to be a completely different type of culture than we've ever been in the past.
2: Yeah. There's no, there's no reprimands for your actions, you know, and especially on a platform like that, like you get people who, who find this soapbox who start, Shooting off about this or that, and then all they do is surround themselves with people who think exactly like them yeah they just they just sit sit on it and they just build each other up and they like I got fifteen hundred people that agree with me here on Facebook, like what I say matters, it doesn't this was twenty years ago, you wouldn't be saying the shit at the bar because you get your head busted open yep. that'd be it yeah there is there is no there is no alternative, you know, but you got like you said you get you got Media anonymity and everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got to put it out there. Everybody's got to talk about this, talk about that. And it's just it's the question is though.
3: The question is though, does it revert back to what we were talking about a minute ago? Are the majority of people who are indifferent, like most of us, just quiet? And then these these other ones are, you know, because they always say it's the loud ones who are actually the few most noise. Right, but they're just making more noise than the rest of us because the rest of us are indifferent. The rest of us look at uh, a school shooting and go, "Oh my lord!" Like my heart goes out to everybody involved. Uh, prayers, thoughts. You know, we don't have to get on there and immediately start rhetoric in either direction. You know, a lot of us just we feel the pain. Especially, all three of us here have children. Yeah. You know, we can we can easily put ourselves in those shoes and be like, "Oh my." that is a tragedy. It's sad. Like I had a neighbor down the street recently pass away and I, and my heart breaks for him, you know, like, it's just, I think a lot of people are good people. It's just, you have people out there that just push these lines. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a tough spot to be in, right? Cause they're, they're entitled to say what they need to say. You know, the, the, the freedom of speech is important because it allows us to do what we're doing right now. Um, the beauty, the, uh, I think for me personally, the beauty in all of it is what I'm, I'm no, I'm not educating anyone, but I'm going to go ahead and educate people is something called block block or my personal preference, delete and never install. I don't do I don't do social media. The only one I've ever done is Instagram, and that's just because it's pictures. And if anybody on my feed brings any type of drama, delete goodbye. Like I go there for cool stuff. I don't I don't want drama. I don't I don't want it in my life. I, I just because like you you both are pointing out the more you consume that virtual damn near propaganda the more sour you become as an individual because you start to view the world through these lenses that just poison everything about you. You know, you, you, you look at your neighbor in spite, you, you worry about going over here and like, it just, it, it poisons your essence, man. You just start to become this bitter, hateful person. It's like a facade of, of who you used to be. You, like, I think we all just need to get back to to just being, being human, people. man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just being like well, that again, makes me- you hear you hear all these different people barking like oh, this, that, and the other and it's like, I don't know about you, Eric, or you, Steve, I'm sure you guys were raised the exact same way I was. You was taught there's a right way and there's a wrong way. Yeah, And that was instilled in me, man. Yeah. And I have a if Very I know early. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's early. what I'm saying. You know, you, you grew we grew up being honest people because if we weren't honest, it was a hell of a lot worse on us. Right? <laughs> you learned to be honest. That's early. what I'm saying. You <laughs> you were honest. So and that that's how I've lived my life. Like I I it's I, I can't not be honest. I like being a good person. It feels good to be a good person to do nice things for people. Like I just And Steve, man, Steve saved me one day, you know, we was at the, we was at the convention speaking and there was one lady who was just chewing me up and spit me the fuck out. And I just could, it just rattled me, shook me. And Steve was like, dude, you need to ask yourself what the fuck kind of life is that person having? Like, what are they going through? Cause you know, they're going through shit if they're ridiculing you over stuff this petty, like their life sucks. At the end of the day, their life sucks. And that hits you. You're like, holy shit. It does make sense because if something 90% of the time when somebody's having a shitty day or they're in a terrible mood, they have this, this way of just spitting venom in every direction, making everybody feel their pain. And the opposite, the opposite can be said about people who are happy. They do the same thing. They spread the happiness, you know? Mm So it's, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm tired of bitter people in the world. I really am. That
0: makes me want to circle back to what you said uh, when you said, um, I don't think, I don't think it's as bad as what we're led to believe out there. And, And the reason I'm going to agree with you on that is, you know, most people, they wake up, they have breakfast, they talk to their wife, they pat their kids on the head, they go to work, and they see a a finite number of people throughout their day. And those people are typically people that they see five days a week, maybe six days a week, and they're the same personalities, and they're either either in, in flux with them or they're out of flux with them. And I think the... The unique thing that we have, the three of us sitting here, we have is we get to talk to a bunch of different people that we don't have a lot of time with that we don't get used to, that we don't form <clears throat> form opinions of because of the way they dress, because of the way that they carry themselves, or you know how they got a weird haircut. Or they don't shave or, you know, we, we get to, we get to have an experience with that, those people's true selves. I, because I, I firmly believe that when somebody comes on shows like ours and they tell their, their story, whether their story is a hundred percent true, there's something behind them having to tell that story. And I've had, I've had one show in particular that it's wild, dude, you, you got to wrap your head around a lot of shit to believe this, but it became really apparent to me that that person, the only way they could say that what happened to them in their life was to, to create this outrageous story. For them, for their brain to be able to deal with it. And then for them to come on a show and tell that story was basically letting everybody know that X, Y, and Z happened to me when I was a kid. And I can't, I'm I'm too proud. I can't say it. You know, I'm afraid what people will think of me if I, if I tell them the truth. And, you know, I decided to air that, that episode Knowing in my heart that I don't think his story was true. But that was his way of crying out. You know, and if and if in his mind it helped him by being able to tell that story. To deal with the things that happened to him when he was a kid.
2: I'm okay with it. I'm okay yeah, with you, it. Yeah, you probably gave him more closure than you think maybe not total closure probably not but just giving him an outlet to put it out in a way that he felt comfortable with is something special yeah this has
0: been a deep one man (laughs) i didn't expect it to go this Mm, route either not either but i guess maybe i mean everything happens for a reason i guess it was uh let let's get weird again though. <laughs> let's let's circle back and uh you you were gonna touch on some things that have happened recently.
2: Um Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then let's let's end with our friend Egress.
2: <laughs> so I don't know what what sparked it because here probably what last year, Kyle? Yeah. Just about we were doing <laughs> Like he said before, we had went into Cemetery X, which is uh Illinois hotspot that was kind of kept off the radar by uh paranormal investigators and stuff just to keep people out because of whatever was going on there. We got our we got a buddy, Ghost Hunter Dave, and he he said it's one of the most active places he's ever been in. Um, he, he says this quote and I quote him all the time, but it's in regards to Cemetery X. He says, you can go and look for ghosts all you want, but don't fuck with the devil because the devil will follow you home. And that was in regards to whatever this entity is in Cemetery X. So much so that he would not tell me the location of Cemetery X, but I'm resilient and I am good at looking things up And, and I found it. And me and Kyle decided to go out there one day. We didn't go out in the night. We just we just were going to go out, just kind of feel it out, just to see see what was going on. So we get there, and I send a picture to Ghost Hunter Dave. And he goes, why in the fuck are you there? And I'm like, I'm just here to check it out, man. Just chill. And he's like, I'm not kidding. When I tell you that whatever's there will follow you if you're not ready for it. And I'm just kind of like, he's just hyping this whole thing up. So me and Kyle are kind of walking around the this, this cemetery, you know, just kind of making a lap. And we get to this section. I, I mean, I don't know the cemetery from anybody, from anything else, but you could tell the headstones were older. We were looking at some of the symbolism on the headstones and stuff. And we get to this section and it's like the the atmosphere just dropped out. Just my... My heart rate kind of started speeding up, and like, I could—it's weird, man. I could like feel like heat building up in my ears and stuff. And I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I'm getting in my own head about this. I'm getting in my own head about this. Ghost Hunter Dave's texting me. I'm just just getting in there. And about that time, Kyle's like, "You starting to feel weird?" I'm like, yeah, dog. I'm feeling strange. But that being said. We were also look, looking into some other cases. We were diving deep into the Bledsoe encounter. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but there's a whole UFO abduction that gets <laughs> tied into spirituality, and it's, it, it's not, not my story to dive into, but I, my personal opinion on the matter, there's a lot of deception going on with whatever these entities are that are uh, interacting with uh, the Bledsoes. But anyway... The more we looked into that, things started heating up. Um, my old or my youngest boy, Maddox, who was the one that had the weird encounters when he was young, hasn't hasn't said a thing about about any kind of thing going on here at the house until this this last year. He had told my mom that he saw a shadow man look through his bedroom door. He woke up one night and there was a shadow man looking through his door. He didn't tell me about it because I don't think he wanted to, to like, I don't know, put me in defense mode maybe, but he told my mom. And my mom pulled me aside later on and told me, Well, Kyle, I don't like to put these things to Kyle because I feel like, I don't know, he's got little kids that are home and stuff. And I, he just, he handles it differently than I do. So I don't want to be like, man, all this weird shit's going on at my house. Cause I'm, I'm almost half worried that it's like gonna kind of trek to his place too. So I just kept it under wraps and then Kyle messages me not what the same week. It was like two days later. Yeah. He had something similar.
3: Yeah. My son told my wife, that he saw someone standing in the doorway. Oh, shit. And so I, yeah, so I told Steve about it, and that's when Steve told me about his kid. And I'm like, well, that's weird, right? That's weird. And then it just hit somewhere so that every night it scared my kid. Like, he was just having a hard time going to sleep. And so I went in there. I was just kind of fed up with the bullshit, you know. It kind of made me mad. So I go in there and, uh, I'd heard my kid talk about God before, you know, I'm not, I don't push anything on my children, you know, in regards to that, but it's something that I could, I could relate to, you know, I could, I could tee off on it a little bit. And I, so I asked him, I said, you ever hear of his son, Jesus? And he's like, no. So I talked to him a little bit about it and I'm like, listen, man, uh, I want to tell you something. You ever see anything like that again, you do one of two things, okay? Don't be afraid, try not to be afraid. I know it's scary, but try not to be. And just and either call out to Jesus to help you, or you tell that thing to basically fuck off, you know, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. You leave. I'm like, where well, you yell for dad, and dad's gonna come deal with it. And whenever I said that, I, that my body started feeling weird I got these full body like electric chills right and I'm like well that's weird And but kind of made me smile and I just took it as a positive thing it weirded me out a little bit so two people I wanted to talk to because it's double edged It's one edge and then the other edge Steve and Tony everybody knows Tony leans hard into religion right, right. so I get, I get his opinion he tells me, he's like, Kyle, I honestly think the Holy Ghost answered you. I think it answered you. You called out, and it answered. And, you know, it's there to help. You know, and even Steve was kind of like, I don't know, bro, like, that's weird, right? And so it kind of, it shocks me. It always shocks me a little bit harder when Steve is kind of on the fence about something, where he's like, dude, I don't know, that's weird. Um, and then the next night, I talked to my son again this time the bedroom i could feel you know like when you feel somebody walk into the room you feel their energy i felt that energy and i looked back in the bedroom doors closing to his room and that's when i got pissed and i'm like all right motherfucker you know i i sat there and i'm like in the name of jesus christ i rebuke you you, you leave here now we're done with this and all all is kind of well uh Still kind of wonky past couple of days. You know, he, my boy's kind of iffy about, uh, going to sleep yet, but, and it's, it's bizarre, man. So I go to Walmart with my family to get groceries and we're in the checkout and there's a lady across from us at the other checkout and she just, she's an older lady. She spins around and this is on Sunday. So she very well could have just gotten out of church. She spins around and she looks at my me and my family, and she's like, "You have an amazing family. They're so beautiful." And I'm like, "Well, thank you. I really appreciate that." And she's like, "I mean that. Like you you guys are you guys are special." And I was like, "Well, thank you." And she reaches in her pocket and she pulls out four. Um, they're like. Uh, rosary rings and she's like here here's one for you and your family and i'm like what's that's that's pretty ironic timing yeah right so i I take him around
0: with a pocket full of
3: yeah very very ironic timing so i uh when we go home i take one of those rosary rings and i put them underneath my i put one underneath my son's pillow didn't tell him about it because I didn't want him to play with it. I just slid it underneath his pillow and he never had a problem after that at all. But the fun was far from over, you know, because it went after my son. And then my wife started having my wife had this really bizarre dream. And to me, it almost sounded like she possibly encountered what would be a succubus because it was a very perverse dream. Uh, It involved my two-year-old daughter. But prior to that part, there was another woman in our bed in this dream. And, you know, of course, I'm excited about it. I'm like, whoa. And my wife kept telling me, she's not what you think she is. She's not what you think she is. And then later on in the dream, it turns into... My two-year-old daughter climbing up the bed and trying to like forcefully kiss my wife, and then my wife wakes up, um, and I'm like, "Ah, that's a, that's weird." You know, sometimes I, I, I do what everybody would do. We just kind of chalk that up as a dream. You're like, "That's just a scary dream." Well, it got a little more real whenever I texted Steve about it because the you've had an experience
2: yeah so to set a couple things off here i never dream when i do i don't remember it i can only have a handful that i even recall (sighs) on top of that point i do suffer from uh, sleep paralysis not very often maybe once every couple years and it's not like old hag syndrome or any of that stuff i just just I guess run of the mill for what you could say sleep paralysis. I can't move. I'm aware that I'm awake and I get this overwhelming sense of sense of dread. Like the most terrified I've ever been in my life happens when I'm in this state of sleep paralysis. But I've, I've kind of got to the point where I can wake myself up. Like I'll notice it and I'm like, come on, wake up, wake up, wake up. I never hear anything. I never see anything out of the ordinary, but like the feeling is there's something inside my house that wants to harm me and I am, I'm paralyzed, so I can't do anything about it, but I never, never had seen anything or, or this or that. So I'm laying in bed with my girlfriend and I'm, I'm going to assume this was a dream. I'm facing away from the door. She's facing the door. We're facing each other. And she goes, do you see him? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, do you see, do you see who's in the doorway? And as I roll over to look through the doorway, uh, our bedroom kind of leads into this little uh, foyer that leads into our kitchen. We always leave the kitchen light on over the sink for the cat and the dog and shit. So it kind of casts light into the bedroom just a little bit. As I roll over, I see this massive humanoid figure. And and it's, it's all blacked out, but you can see a head and you can see a shoulder and it's so big that it has to lean down to look through the doorway. And as soon as I see it, as soon as my eyes make contact with whatever this is, paralysis kicks in, boom. And I'm laying there and I'm looking at this thing peeking through the door. I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? So at that point, I'm trying to wake myself up. I'm like, come on, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I watch him pull himself through the door. And about that time, I snap out of it. So I jump up out of bed. And as I'm moving into like the kitchen, he's always moving out of a room as I'm moving in. He's As I'm moving in, he's moving out. As I'm moving in, he's moving out. Step I out, finally yeah. see him go. As I finally see him go into the bedroom, back into where I was sleeping. And as I go in there, I can't see him and I see Sarah Sarah's sitting there she's like I think he went into the recording room I'm like "All right, I got him and she's like you need to be careful he keeps changing his name he keeps changing his name and then I woke up so I didn't tell Kyle about this he texts me about the shit that his wife was experiencing and we narrowed down the timeline that those two things happened on the exact same night oh shit And as we're sitting there and we're going through whatever this is that's messing with us, I'm like putting it together. It's almost like it's coming after us at our most vulnerable spots. Like at first it comes after our kids. It's fucking with Maddox. It's fucking with Kyle's son. And we kind of squash that. Then it comes after me in my sleep paralysis, which is the most terrifying thing that I've ever experienced. On the flip side of that, it comes after Kyle and his wife in, in a time of intimacy. And then it also morphs back into Kyle's other, other kid, like whatever this thing is, is just honing in on these times that were so vulnerable. And it, it just got so, So fucking weird. Then we had people reach out to us, multiple people, one from the UK. Um, I won't go into details. They just let us know. They're like, I just want you to know that you, I, I feel like you guys have something bad attached to you. They said, don't just, just be, be aware of that. You need to see someone to try to get, try to get whatever this thing is cleaned up. Then we had other people reach out. Saying that, like, we're getting bad vibes, guys. Like, it feels like something bad's gonna happen to one of you. And I mean, we really I started didn't.
3: going through a bunch of health issues too.
2: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. All these weird, like, coincidences. Like, I totaled my car out right off the rip. Then Kyle started getting sick, and it was just one thing after another, just boom, 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 boom. After these, these things happened and it was just, it was such weird timing. And the fact that everything was lining up was so bizarre, but it kind of toned itself down. Like we, we vaguely retch out in the discord and we're like, if anybody wants to send us some like positive vibes this way, it sounds like we could probably use them. And it kind of righted itself. I hope.
3: (laughs) Yeah. It's been, it's been tapered off for a hot minute. You know, I got everything I'm back probably. under control, but man, like whatever happened to me health wise was probably the most bizarre shit I've ever been through. Like I would go through bouts of extreme lightheadedness. Uh, like I'd almost feel like I'm that feeling right before you're about to be hammered drunk. That's how I'd feel all day. And then my blood pressure was all over the fucking place. I'm talking. There'd be nights where it would, for no reason, it would just be banging like 174 over, one, over 104, just out of nowhere. Just start hammering hard. Jesus. And I'd almost feel like I'm getting ready to pass out. I mean, it was it was terrifying. And now I've now everything's leveled back out. But I don't know what happened, uh, you know. And it was just kind of it was kind of funny because we got told don't talk about whatever is attached to you because you're just going to give it power. And I can remember one day talking about it and Steve's like, Hey, we're not supposed to talk about it. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, I feel like we should ask the discord for help and all of our listeners for help. And Steve's like, fuck it, let's do it. We just threw the hail Mary out there, you know? And, and that's just kind of like our, our mo like if one of us ventures off into the gates of hell when the other one's gotta go we just can't let your your buddy go so you just you just go with it you know and, and it seems that it's panned out for us you know I uh, I have had a few things come back now I want to say prior to all of this nonsense I started uh I can and if you go back it's I don't even remember the episodes or anything like that, but you'll hear me reference um, hearing a woman's voice when I sleep. It'll wake me up out of the sleep every time. Boom. Because I'll just hear her go, Kyle. And I hear it clear as day in my ears. And it'll wake me up and I freak out for a little bit and then I go back to sleep. Well, accompanied to this, uh, we have a couple of decor vases on our dresser and, my wife started noticing it first, but she'd hear it like somebody was dropping something in the vase. And one day she investigated it, and there is a little hard as a rock, like black bean inside that vase. I have no idea how it got there. But every once in a while, you'll hear it go ding, 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 ding. Like something drops it in there. And I've tried. Like I've stomped my feet past the the I've tried debunking it as many ways as I possibly can. Uh but once I went on this like spiritual journey, if you will, like rebuking things, and uh I'm not big like I said, I'm not big on boxes. So at night once in a while, I'll lay there in bed and I'll I'll just go I'm thankful. or or thank you for protecting my children. Thank you for my health. Like I just give thanks to whatever's listening, you know, whatever you you can call it. God, you can call it Jesus. You can call it whatever, but whatever positive entity, you know, I'm just saying thank you for my health, for my family, for my safety, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Ever since I've done that, I have never heard the woman's voice again. It's gone. And the bean has, it'll go through these where it subsides for a very long time. Like, I haven't heard it forever until last night actually, whenever me, my wife, and my three-year-old heard it. Because my three-year-old even goes, what was that? What was that noise? And my wife goes, you heard that? She goes, yeah, what was it? And so I'm like, and me and me, at this point, me and my wife just laugh. You know, because we don't know what it is. We don't know what's causing it. Um is- I don't is know. Is the it's bean one. still there? I thought the bean was gone. I don't know. Yeah, my wife did check it one day, but there, here's the thing too: there are two vases, so she might have checked the wrong one. I need to check it out, okay, and see if the va- if it's in there because like, she thought the bean was gone, gone.
1: I
2: got you.
3: So that's a good point. I forgot about that. I need to empty out what those vases because I it's in the tall one. I know it's in the tall one. So I don't know because last stuff. time we
2: talked about the last time we talked about the bean. You're like, yeah, I haven't heard it for a while. I think Sh- I think Shauna got rid of it. So I'm like, yeah, damn, did this thing come back?
3: I don't know. The, I don't know, man. It's being. it's weird. Like like I said, I have tried debunking it, man. I, I don't know what it is. You know, for all I know, it could be Ernie hanging out. It could be her dad hanging out. You know, it's both very protective people. Yeah, and like when I do do my part, you know, I will say. Because every once in a while to this day, I'll still do it. I'll I'll just be like, in the name of Jesus, i rebuke you. You need to leave. You need to go where Jesus tells you. Any and all negative energy. Leave my house. Right? So, maybe whatever's hanging out now is not negative. I, I hope it is either her dad or my brother Ernie. Well,
0: that's strange.
3: It's weird, man. That
0: is weird.
3: And like I feel like Similar I'm sure Steve
0: fances between the two of you and
3: and Yeah. I feel like Steve probably feels the same way. You if like, you feel crazy sitting here explaining it all, like you just <laughs> Yeah. There's been a know. number
0: of times where I feel like a a lunatic for for some of the things. Like when you know, I mean I told you guys a lot of it you know, when I was on your show and when you just sit there and you just, you let it all out and you talk about it, it's like, I, I'm, I'm crazy as a fucking loon. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know,
2: it is weird verbally putting, putting it all out there. And then like, especially when we started connecting the dots you're you're like, am I connecting dots that aren't really there? Like, just to like kind of, kind of justify the weirdness that I'm going through or I don't know, man, but it was, it was a bizarre time.
0: Let's, let's wrap up with what I think is a strange um, series of circumstances as well. And that is that I know of your podcast I've listened to several episodes since we've you know made each other's acquaintances, but up until prior to that, I'd only listened to a couple of episodes, and it was on the egress storyline and i was I was floored I think I told you this before i there's a a series called uh, Hellier and that show sucked me in so hard the that I was like, you know, if if this is if this is real, this is freaking amazing. If this is not, if this is just a a, a well produced story, whoever wrote the script, whoever came up with the 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 little idiosyncrasies the the weird little things that seem to mean nothing, but then, as the show progresses, they become more and more important, and you know whoever wrote that ought to have you know get whatever awards are out there available <laughs> to you know f- for for putting that together and and I felt the same way when I heard that's the way I felt about the egress story. I was like. Man, this is so this is so different than anything I've ever heard and so weird and you know, if this is real, this is some shocking shit. And if it's not, I don't care. These guys need to get, you know, they need to be picked up by some film company and and just So that that was my only experience with you guys. And then, then you leave a, 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 a review for me on Apple Podcast. And I reach out to a friend of mine because I know that person listens to you. And I was like, holy shit, Hollow Sky left me a freaking rating or a review on, on Apple. And it was a great review. So they were super excited about it. And then then this guy comes out of nowhere. And on your show, I refer to him as Dude. And, you know, after the Nephilim Portal Babies episode that I, I had with Tony, which is another weird coincidence and I never really put together because you've had a connection with Tony, I've had a connection with Tony, and then this guy, Dude, finds me and you know because of an episode that we did with Tony and he's got information uh, that they they picked me to tell you about this information and it could have been you, you guys have been doing this for how long four years it could have been about any episode but it winds up being about egress i just it's very strange to me that how this weaves I had nothing to do with you guys I had nothing to do with dude, <laughs> you know, you had nothing to do with me. And then then this guy shows up at the dog man conference and tells you to listen to me. And then all of a sudden I find out this guy's got information to give to you. It, <laughs> it could have it been any weird, episode. Man. It could have been any one of your shows, but no, it has to be Egress, and that's the only show of yours that I had listened to.
2: In, in hell, your speak synchronicities are abound, man. <laughs> it's just and so it's, strange. Yeah, because I I never really thought about it, how it all played out, how how our interactions, how we cross paths, until. Like you actually sit down and think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if we would have chose not to go to the dog man conference, which also is, is tied to Tony, Tony was speaker there. We would never have met the guy who's like, cause I mean, within the first, within the first probably five minutes of talking to this guy, he's, he's like, you listen to uncomfortable podcasts. And I'm like, No, let's, let's talk about it. You know, he's got his phone out. He's like, you need to listen to this episode. You need to listen to this, which episode and this, that. I'm like, all right, if if there's fans that are this passionate about it, it's definitely worth checking out, you know? Mm. So like I said, I got to listen and I'm like, man, good content, good audio quality. Let's, let's, we need to link up, you know, let's talk about some shit. And little did I know there was also forces beyond my comprehension. Also, kind of pushing you toward us as we were getting pushed toward you. And it's,
0: and as you're saying that, dude, I'm getting the chills. You know, I mean, (laughs) this isn't something spooky or anything, but I got the chills all over and it's, it's because it's just so damn weird.
2: It is. I mean, that's the only way to put it. It's weird.
3: It is weird. It's,
2: It's almost like, like you almost have to start putting, lending credence to the fact that we're, we're all at this point for a reason. You know, yeah. I don't know what it is. I may not ever I may not ever know what it is, but we are at this exact uh, forces beyond our comprehension.
0: Yeah.
2: We're put into play to bring us here. Now I feel like it's on us to figure out why. what, what brought us to this point? what What purpose does it is it that we are all now? all of our paths have, have crossed and are intermingled. Where do we, like, where do we go from here?
0: Yeah. And you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I am involved peripherally, but I, I'm nevertheless, I'm involved. You know, I just had my two year anniversary of the show. Um, congratulations, February 14th. Thank you. Um, so i' have, I've only been doing this two years. You guys have been doing it. You're coming up on four. Tony's been doing it for over six. I'm, I'm small potatoes. You know, you guys are, you guys are big fish in a, in a pretty good sized pond. And Tony's, you know, got the fin breaking the water, swimming around all <laughs> of us, right? Right. And I look at myself, and I'm like how did I get here? You know, how, how did I get here? Because I'm not, I'm not where you guys are. I'm not where Tony is. Probably never will be. And inside of two years, I'm like, why me? Why any of us? You know, I mean, in the big picture, not taking anything away from you or the size of your show or your fan base in the big picture none of us are rogan i don't know <laughs> you know no what why are we being pushed together you know i felt pushed together with tony to do that that big 4 hour marathon that we did you know that there was something at, at there was something acting on that and and i feel the same with with you guys that something was acting towards it just doesn't make any sense to me the only episodes i ever listened to was the the first one about egress and then i listened to another one where you were talking to another guy um who was getting calls or text messages on his phone um and then and i might have i might have sought out one more episode but it was still related to egress because i was like in a weird Man, i, I want to know where the story goes you know
2: and in another weird synchronicity we we got linked up with that other podcaster the the original one on the egress um whole take almost the same way like i'd found the i'd found the flyers on reddit someone had found it and posted it and i was just going to do an episode on it gonna do all these dream flyers and whatever and egress was just happened to be one of them so we posted you know nothing nothing really comes of it outside we're, we're getting interactions with uh the egress number like texting us and stuff but we didn't go out on a limb to make another episode or anything we just kind of interacted with it and kept it under our under our vest you know and then i get a message on reddit pointing me to this other podcaster who was also in interacting with, with whatever entities behind egress. And at the same time, he got a message pointing him to us. (laughs) The whole thing is just, it's just so it's such a weird web that whatever this entity spun and it's just left us all hung up in it, man.
0: This all kind of, Reminds me, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, the, the guy who makes movies, uh, made signs. Wouldn't that
2: be a kicker if he's behind it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, he... Uh,
3: the plot twist master.
0: His, his movies are either a hit or miss with me. They're either really, really good or, man, they just stink. And the one movie that this all reminds me of kind of stinks. I think it was the The Lady in the Water.
2: Oh man, I forgot about that one.
0: <laughs> but when you look at it from just what it is, it wasn't a great movie. But you had that apartment complex where you had all the different really, really kind of out there people. You had the one dude who only lifted weights with one arm. So he was like normal looking, but his one arm was super buff, you know? And you had these <laughs> other characters. And. And it's like, none of this shit makes sense, right? But at the end of the story, in order for the, the resolution of the, the story to take place, each one of those weird, iconic-looking people with their own little idiosyncrasy that made them who they were all had a part in, in getting to the end of the movie. None of it could have happened without them. And I have, I have been feeling that way since my trip down to Tennessee, is that all these people are going to play a part in some way in whatever is coming. And I don't understand it. I have
2: have no clue. I kind, of, I, I kind of kind of feel the same way, man. Like I said, Egress, Egress was the, the catalyst that led us toward Tony. Egress was the story that our listeners pushed and ran with. Like, you need to hear this, and then you reach out to us, and then now all these other paths are crossing. And even though Egress is essentially out of the picture at this point because they just, just dipped out, just ghosted out, it's still like in the background, almost like pulling some strings and kind of, kind of keep pushing people in different directions and keep moving paths and shit. It's weird. It's weird. It will, it will forever be my, uh, my, the unicorn that I'm chasing, the dragon (laughs) that I'm chasing. The white whale. Yeah. If I could get, if I could have one, if somebody came, if somebody came to me right now, he so said you can have one answer to any question you want—paranormal world, conspiracy world, whatever, what have you. I would probably be like, "Who?" I would want to know who's behind Egress Industries. And if it's a, any any answer that it could give me, I would be okay with. If it was some dude in the basement putting an ARG together, kudos to you, bud. You got me. Yeah. You pulled one over on me. You you weaved the wonderful web that I was part of. If it's an unnamed government agency, uh, I'll be right in there with them and be like, here I am, boys. What, 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 did, you, what did you want me for? Let's, let's do it. If somebody texts me right now and gave me coordinates, I say it every time. If they gave me, if that number popped up on my phone and gave me coordinates, I'd be driving there right now. Just give me answers, man. Just give me... Fucking answers. <laughs> Kyle,
3: you feel the same way? Yeah. Oh yeah. At this point, yeah. I'd wanna know. I'd wanna know. Because it has been like Steve said, it's 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 a huge It changed part. our path. Yeah.
2: It changed our course.
3: Yeah, it did. It's one of the reasons why we're here where we are. Yeah. You know, it's and like I said way earlier in the show, like the universe lines, you know, it 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 guides you down the path if you pay attention enough. You know? I, I, I believe that. I believe that like Steve said, the forces beyond our comprehension, they're always listening and they're always putting their two cents in, so to speak. Like, you just gotta pay attention.
0: It's like a chess game. Yeah. Moving your, moving your pieces. It's
2: I agree. It's a weird, weird world we're living in, man.
0: It is indeed. Yep, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for hanging out with me tonight. Um, I, I apologize again. I uh, I think I set the tone very early and uh, did not realize that it was gonna going to be a, a darker episode. Um, I don't think any of us were really intending to, uh, to go down the roads we did, but uh, it was a good conversation nonetheless.
3: Absolutely.
2: And I was going to touch on that a little bit. I think, I think that's why we kind of steer clear of some of the heavier things. Cause I feel like we kind of give people a break from that. They can get, they can get all the heavy shit they want on yeah. Facebook, on wherever wherever they're at. They can come to Hollow Sky and talk about fucking aliens and big feet and whoever's behind the Kennedy assassination. They don't have to we don't have to dwell on current everyday life, man.
0: But I guess, you know, I guess that's a good way of saying that that's what we provide is is that escape.
2: A hundred percent
0: without being disingenuous. Yep. You know, it's, it's an escape into a part of reality that we don't, many of us don't venture into often.
2: Agreed. Absolutely.
0: I guess that's Sorry. a good way to end it.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm honored to be that person for people. Same. Same
0: as well am I gentlemen before we head out let everybody know where they can get a hold of you let them know if you've got anything neat coming up uh, any, any big plans any appearances anything like that
2: um, again you can check us out pretty much on all podcast platforms all social medias just search up the hollow sky podcast we will be there um, you can join us every Wednesday night on YouTube uh, we do a live show called the night shift at 8pm central come over, we have a phone line, you can live call in, it's just like, kind of got that R like, I'm not walking in our shoes or anything, but it's kind of that coast to coast vibe, you call in, we, we talk about your weird experiences, um, as far as uh, any kind of live stuff we got going on, I don't think so, right off the rip, nothing planned, but we'll see what the summer holds, once we kind of get our schedules straight and whatnot, but yeah, yeah just Wherever, wherever you listen to weird shit, search us up. You'll find us.
0: Definitely give them a listen. Give them some love. Uh, You guys need to get me your, uh, your discord. I'd like to pop in there and become a part of that. Thank you, Kyle, Steve, hollow sky. Thank you to the hollow cult who has shown me a, a, great degree of love when i've popped in your live chats you got a lot of good people and and you two are as well very good people
2: you're one of us eric yeah
0: <laughs> i appreciate that that uh that makes me happy all right gentlemen <laughs> until next time i'm sure we'll talk again thank you so
2: much for having us on yeah, giving thank us you a chance to chat thank you good night guys
3: night
0: All right, my friends that's it for tonight's show I hope you've enjoyed hearing from Kyle and Steve the hosts of the very popular Hollow Sky podcast I'm thankful that our orbits have crossed and I'm looking forward to future projects with them and their fantastic community please head over give them some love let them know how great the uncomfortable community is as well And please make sure you share the show. Share it with your friends, family, co-workers, on your social media, or perhaps you picked up some merchandise from our store, just wear the shirt. And if somebody asks what's uncomfortable, tell them where to find us. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. Something that I have been remiss about is not mentioning that many of the episodes are now available on the Uncomfortable Podcast YouTube channel. Those are still in the audio format, but it is another way for people to listen. So if you want, please head over there and subscribe to that as well. And if you've had an experience and you'd like to have it featured on the show, please contact me at at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in this week. And as always, my friends, stay uncomfortable.